the Senate has had a number of these hearings to really kind of ferret out all these different issues. And really what it comes down to is we know that this is going to be a very powerful technology. It can be used for a lot of real good. And it can also, like any tool, be also used for things that are harmful. And so we want to find what are the guardrails we have to put in place. We don't want to stifle the innovation. Welcome to the Regulating AI podcast. Join host Sanjay Puri as he explores the dynamic and developing world of artificial intelligence governance. Each episode features deep dives with global leaders at the forefront of regulating AI responsibly, tackling the challenges using AI can bring about head on and enabling balance without hindering innovation. Welcome to the Regulating AI podcast. Artificial intelligence stands at the forefront of technological evolution, with experts predicting that it could add trillions of dollars to our GDP, but it could also negatively impact our workforce and national security. So how do we regulate it without stifling innovation? Our podcast features insights from various perspectives, from industry leaders to government officials to advocacy groups. Together, they address pivotal questions that are needed to create practical legislation. I'm very excited to have Senator Pete Ricketts from Nebraska with us today. I invited him on this show as he's served as a governor of a state, and he's also been an entrepreneur and a supporter of startups. He's also introduced a bill on watermarking to counter deepfakes. Welcome, Senator. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Regulating AI podcast. Thank you very much for having me on. Great, Senator. Senator, you had put forward a bill that requires watermarking for AI-generated materials. Can you tell our audience a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea is that a lot of people have difficulty in determining what is artificial intelligence generated, this generative artificial AI, you know, kind of stuff, and what's not. And so I thought that a first good step would be to require that if it was generated by AI, that would have to be watermarked in a way so that people would know that. So if they saw something like a building that had been struck by a plane was burning and it was said generated by AI, they would have the ability to be able to make the determination, well, maybe that wasn't quite real. So the idea is that anything, whether it was a song, a movie, a report, anything like that that was generated by AI would have to have that watermark so that the general public would be able to say, okay, I can make a judgment on whether or not this is something that is real. Because the real risk here is that you have content that's generated by AI that is not true, right? And that people get misled by it. And that's one of the biggest issues that I'm concerned about. Ultimately, when we're thinking about this, we want to make sure when we're regulating AI, we don't interfere with the innovation, but we also want to make sure that it's not used to mislead the public. So there's a lot of discussion on how we do this. And my bill was really kind of a first attempt to say, hey, this is a place to start. So at least the public would have some transparency. So your concern, obviously, is about deep fakes, also about intellectual property center. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. So for example, there's been a variety of different situations already where deep fakes have been out there. You know, There was one with Zelensky, for example, saying he was surrendering Ukraine. And that sort of thing can create all sorts of disruptions for people's lives and the marketplace and so forth. And so we wanted to take a, a whack at trying to let people know that, hey, if you saw that and it was regular, at least in this country, it was stamped, a, then you'd be able to make that determination. And of course, if the person was doing a fake without that watermark, then we'd be able to take you know civil steps against them. Oh, that's very helpful, Senator. 
So that leads us to the question, Senator. As I said, you've been a governor, supporter of entrepreneurs. What concerns you most about this transformative technology, Senator? I think that just what we laid out already is this really does have the potential to really have a positive influence on so many different aspects of our lives. We've been having a number of hearings with different folks that are involved in the industry. For example, Elon Musk, a number of the companies has been a Steve Case. There's been a number of companies that have been on there that are involved in the industry. And so really talking about this, the Senate has had a number of these hearings to really kind of ferret out all these different issues. And really what it comes down to is we know that this is going to be a very powerful technology. It can be used for a lot of real good. And it can also, like any tool, be also used for things that are harmful. And so we want to find what are the guardrails we have to put in place. We don't want to stifle the innovation. We know that countries like the People's Republic of China and Russia are interested in investing in AI and that they'll use those applications in potential ways that could harm us. You know, they, you may use them for military purposes. So we're going to have to make sure that we are keeping up with where this is going to stay competitive with them. But we also know that we want to make sure that there's guardrails on this so that the public is not taken advantage of, they're not misled. Deep fakes generated by AI can ruin lives, impact markets, influence elections. AI poses a threat to our national security, could play a role in undermining our elections. So we have to take all these threats seriously and make sure that we're putting the right rules in place to be able to allow people to incorporate AI into their everyday lives and mitigate the risks. Senator, you've been a big supporter of small businesses, entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur yourself. As you know, in the social media, a few companies have consolidated their hold on that. And there's a concern that similar stuff could happen in AI. How do we make sure that small companies, manufacturing companies, Midwest, community colleges all have a voice as legislation gets framed? And it just it's not just these three, four big companies who have huge dollars supporting it get control of this. Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at some of the hearings that have been held on this, Senator Round, Senator Young on the Republican side, Senator Hendricks, Senator Schumer on the Democrat side. It's been bipartisan, and it's been quite inclusive with regard to the, the people that are participating. They've had people talking about small businesses, but we've also had folks, for example, representing the unions be a part of this. So they are making a big effort to include a lot of different people to weigh in on what sort of regulation ought to be involved to make sure that we're not just concentrating this in the power of a few people. For example, some of the folks have been talking about open AI, making sure the algorithms are out there so people, that would be transparent. Is there a role for that somewhere? So I think there's a lot of effort being made to be thoughtful about how this regulation is going to be put in place so that we are keeping it as inclusive and as open as possible. Senator, you've been a governor of a state, so you understand state and local laws. How likely is federal preemption of state and local laws, given that there are so many state laws like that out there so that we prevent a patchwork of regulations that happen with data security, Senator? Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that we're talking about. We don't want to you know, squelch the innovation. And a patchwork of state laws is something that would do that, right? Because then you've got companies who would have to comply with all the different state laws. And that's why I think it's important for the federal government to really take the lead in doing this and have a federal law that applies to all the states. It's also something where we can, the federal government's got the resources to bring in all these different people to be able to talk about what's going on in AI. You know, even a big state like California is not going to be able to put together the types of panels that we've put together in the U.S. Senate. 
I think that we're going to have the opportunity to really be able to pull together a wide variety of people to be able to talk about how this is working out and to be able to have a regulatory regime that will work for the entire country. Senator, workforce is going to be, talent is going to be a key differentiator for us versus, let's just say, China and Russia, as you talked about. How do we, obviously, there's a question of reskilling our workforce currently and also attracting the best and brightest. And you've done this in your career quite a bit. You've got a great track record of doing this. Any thoughts or insights on this, Senator? Yeah, and this is not something that applies just to AI, right? Of course. Yeah, this is something where we see a change in the workplace that people are going to have many different jobs and careers throughout their life, right? And we want to make sure that people have the ability to be able to get the job skills they need. So there's going to be a variety of things that we have to invest in to make sure that people can get those careers. At the state of Nebraska, for example, we created a career scholarship program to be able to help people afford not only four-year degrees, but also two-year degrees. I was just talking to some folks about some legislation to be able to allow 529 plans, which are really originally designed for college education, to be used for certifications. So if you want to get that welding certificate or whatever, it would pay for that. So I think we have to look at a variety of different ways to allow people to get that upskilling that they need to be able to take the careers they're going to change and allow them to be able to do that. So it's not specifically around AI, though AI will be impacted by this, but we want people to know they don't necessarily have to get that four-year degree. There's lots of opportunities for them to get a certification, get a two-year degree. They're going to allow them to participate in a variety of career fields, including getting involved with how you create the algorithms for AI. Yeah, and that's going to be very important for us to keep our edge versus China and Russia. Looking to make the most out of AI advancements and innovation? Visit regulatingai.org to learn more about how best to optimize the use and integration of AI and sign up for the Regulating AI newsletter to keep up to date with the latest in AI governance and regulation. Senator, knowing your tight schedule, last question, I want you to take a crystal ball with you and tell our listeners who want to know, when will we have a legislation in the Congress on AI? A hard thing, but let's give you a crystal ball, Senator. Yeah, absolutely. So we're at the early stages right now with regard to this. In fact, we've had hearings the last several weeks. We've got another hearing this week where we're bringing in different panels of experts to talk about what their thoughts are on our. So I would expect you're going to start seeing, there's already been some drafts of legislation like my AA watermark bill. I think what you're going to see is probably the first drafts of a more comprehensive bill next year. However, with the presidential election, if I were just going to look into my crystal ball and with all the other things that we've got to tackle, I don't know there's going to be anything really, I should say, really comprehensive with regard to AI. There may be a few bills that get attached here and there to different things that are more smaller steps. So I would really look into 2025 when there's going to be probably an overall comprehensive bill that would address some of the guardrails around AI. But it, you never know. I mean, the, actually, the technology is moving fast. And so therefore, there may be something that drives the Congress to get this done faster. I just know that I've been here less than a year, but I've seen that, especially in the U.S. Senate, it takes time to pull together the consensus to get this stuff done. And with next year being an election year, and with all the other topics that we've got on our table, I'm just not sure that there's going to be anything more comprehensive. Like I said, maybe some more incremental bills will get passed, but that's what I would probably expect from next year. So incremental bills in 24 and maybe comprehensive in 25, right, Senator? Yep, that would be well, my best guess. Well, that's very helpful, Senator. Thank you so very much for being uh, here with us. And we really look forward to continuing the dialogue with you and look forward to supporting you as you go through your efforts, Senator. 
Great. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for doing this podcast too. It's a really important thing for people to start thinking about how we actually do this properly so that we can continue to be a leader in technology, which has really created the great you know economy that we've got here in the United States and has always been one of our strengths for how we solve our problems. Wonderful. Thank you, Senator. Thanks for tuning in to the Regulating AI Innovate Responsibly podcast. You'll find links in the show notes to any resources mentioned on the show. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review.